What's up, guys? So on today's episode of basically the team overview pod, part of the podcast, we're going to look into the and break down the Washington football team. Um, so we're going to start with quarterback Dwayne Haskins. He's basically not being drafted. And um, overall, I don't think you're going to have to draft Haskins. I, I think that He's a guy that if you want to take him with your last pick or something like that because you you have a good feeling about him or you think he's gonna he's a potential high upside kind of guy, you could do that. Um, his final two starts, he did some good things. He so his first seven games, he played pretty bad. Only five of those are starts. He was fifty five percent completion, six point one yards per attempt, three touchdowns to seven picks. That's a sixty one. 0.2 quarterback rating and he was sacked once every six pass attempts over the final two starts though he was good he was really good he was completing 72 percent of his passes at 9.2 yards per attempt four touchdowns to zero interceptions and that's a quarterback rating of 131.3 and his sack ratio even went down a little bit down to one every 14 pass attempts so he was much 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 better in that very limited sample size. So um, if you go by that sample size and you think that you found yourself a, a potential star in the making, or if you were big, I was pretty big on Haskins pre-draft last year. Um, it's just you, you also have to keep in mind situations. Like if Dwayne Haskins would have would have went to the Kansas City Chiefs where he had Andy Reid, who regardless of what anybody says is an elite truly elite offensive mind in this league and he had Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, all those guys, Sammy Watkins, all those guys a good offensive line. Like we could have higher expectations but because Haskins is in a more of an imperfect situation, we have to be appreciative of what we did get and also realistic for what we should expect. So I'm not saying that to say that Haskins can't have a huge 2020, but what I'm saying is we needed to check our uh, expectations from the start last year, just knowing his situation in terms of just what the hand he was dealt supporting cast wise over there in Washington. So um, yeah, I think that if you want to take him late, that's fine. No, no reason not to, or you could just, I think that basically taking him late and, and at least holding on to him for just one week would be huge. Because imagine if you did that to Lamar Jackson last year. If you took him really late and you just said, let me just let me see what he does against the Dolphins week one. And then he, he goes crazy and throws five touchdowns and all that. And you're like, well, maybe I'm going to hold on to him next, you know, and just kind of see where it goes from there. So you could definitely do that with Haskins. Um, now let's get more into his supporting cast here. So running back, Adrian Peterson, he's being drafted as the running back 55, 55. He's not, basically he's not being drafted. He's, he's, if he is, he's going in the last round of drafts, um, but he's pretty much not being drafted. He's, and it's super strange because if you look at what he did last year in a really bad situation and at his age, if you, and, and if you guys have been paying attention to my posts I've posted some some really cool stats on him and just in terms of evading tackles and um, like juke ratio or whatever it is. I don't have that set right here with me, but he 
by by my point is by all metrics he actually played well really well last year and that's if you compare him to anybody you know if you really put if you if you contextualize the numbers and you put Adrian Peterson's numbers next to whoever you want in the league on a per carry basis Adrian Peterson played well sorry um okay so last year Adrian Peterson Finished very strong. So after a, a, he was inactive week one, if you guys remember that, and then he he came in his next four games, he played very slow. It started very slow. He, had, he averaged 10 carries for 27 yards per game. He had one touchdown in those four games. So he only a 2.7 yards per carry average over the first four games. Then over the final, get this, over the final 11 games, Adrian Peterson finished strong yet. He averaged 15 and a half carries for 72 yards and 0.4, t- almost a, a touchdown every other game, basically. Almost half a touchdown per game. So he was a solid 15 for 72 and a half a touchdown guy. Like he was, he finished as the RB24 from week six through 16 and half PPR. That's an RB2 in 12-man leagues. That's a low-end RB2. So my what my take on Adrian Peterson for this season is, am I going to tell you to draft him super early and he's going to be a guy that wins you your league? No, he's not a league winner. But what he is is a guy that you can take. If you're looking at your draft and you're down to your last pick or two, look at your team and you say, how do I feel about my running back situation? If your running back situation is phenomenal, then you know maybe you go in a different direction. But if your if your running back situation is okay, all right, you're not in love with it. There is no reason that you shouldn't roster Adrian Peterson, take him that late for a guy that potentially could easily. I could easily see a world where he's a flex option every week, you know. So and to get that kind of guy that late just really takes a lot of pressure off your your roster and allows you to let's say you draft a few young guys and you need to you don't want to start them early you want to start Adrian Peterson I think that's a that's a smart move and if we look at Ron Rivera's history he he loves veteran players you know like like a lot of coaches um and and this is the year with all that's going on with COVID-19, this is the year of the veteran player. You know, the veterans have a clear advantage over the young guys, and Adrian Peterson will be able to pick up any offense extremely fast, and he'll be able to play. He'll be ready. One thing we know for sure, Adrian Peterson will be ready to play week one. We don't know if Darius Geis will. We don't know if Antonio Gibson will. Those are young guys, and and they, you know, Gibson is a brand-new system for him. It's a brand-new system for Geis. So we don't know if those guys will for sure be ready by week one, but we know Adrian Peterson will. So um, Darius Geis, speaking of, ADP is running back 31. He's going in the seventh or eighth round, depending on 10-man, 12-man leagues. So guys, I have to be blunt. That's way, way too early, way too risky, in my opinion. You can, let me just throw this out there. You can get, J.K. Dobbins, and I know J.K. Dobbins is a rookie, or you can get even Sony Michelle around to two rounds later. Like, I'm sorry, but what has Darius Geis done to make me feel like I should be this excited about him to where I should disregard that Adrian Peterson over the over the final 11 games, essentially, was 
a low end RB two. Why should I throw that out the window and spend a sixth or seventh round pick on Darius Geis? Or, I'm sorry, seventh or eighth round pick. Geis has been injured a lot or twice, you know, first two years. And I don't mean this to bash on him. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. It's not what I'm here for. But um Geis was hurt after week one. He missed 10 games, 10 weeks, and then he came back and he finished strong over his final two games. He had 15 carries for 171 yards and two touchdowns. That's over 11 yards per carry. Very small sample size. And really a lot of it was from one game, um, one big game. But either way, that's that's solid. That shows he can actually do something. Um, my just my overall take on guys is the upside. The upside's there. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, he's a talented guy. He is definitely motivated and says all the right things. You know, when you listen to him talk or see him on social media, like he's saying the right stuff that gets you excited as a fan. If I were a, a Washington football team fan, then I'd be I'd be excited about some of the things he says just in terms of his how motivated he is to, you know, prove everybody wrong and this, that, and the other. But the other thing you have to consider here is Ron Rivera – we don't know what Ron Rivera thought about Darius Geis during that draft, but we do know that Ron Rivera was actually was at least familiar with Geis, and we do know that whatever grade the Panthers scouting staff had on Geis will likely heavily factor into Rivera's at least Rivera's first impression of Geis. So now pause that right there for just a second and think about this. At the very, very top of the third round, Ron Rivera drafted Antonio Gibson, running back from Memphis, running back slash wide receiver at Memphis. I always thought he, I really wanted to see him get more carries. I was mad. He only got like 30-something carries last year at Memphis. But you want to talk about Darius Geis, I'm not taking Geis that early in the seventh or eighth round. And a big reason why I'm not is because of Antonio Gibson. This kid, number one, it's a new coaching staff. And and this is a this was a Ron Rivera led draft. Um, that was the reason why he took the job. Dan Snyder told him, "Hey, like we want this to be a coach centric led attack. We want you to basically change the culture here. We want you to we want you to lead the way. Do whatever you want, essentially." So that's why Rivera took the job in Washington, anyway. So Antonio Gibson's being drafted. Well, he's not being drafted. That's the coolest part about him. It's a guy you can take in the 14th or 15th round and and at least put him on your bench for week one and just see what he does. Because here's the thing. This kid in college last year averaged over 19 yards per catch and over 11 yards per carry in 2019. He scored 12 touchdowns on 71 touches. That's a touchdown every 5.9 touches. So the dude made magic happen. And that's not even counting. He also was a, a special teamer and re returned some punts and kicks and stuff like this kid is dynamic. And he's not a little scat back. He's like six foot 230, big dude and big, strong, explosive can catch, can run a route. He is a very impressive athlete. Um, so what I would do with Gibson is I would definitely recommend taking him late. There's no reason, no reason why you shouldn't, you know, if you get into his, and then like, you don't even know how this guy is going to be used in terms of like, what I think is going to happen is I think we're going to see a lot of 
what we saw with Christian McCaffrey as a rookie because that he was coordinated and coached by Ron Rivera and this offensive coordinator and staff, a lot of the staff here. So Christian McCaffrey as a rookie had 435 rushing yards, 651 receiving yards, and he had seven total touchdowns. Um, I definitely don't think that's something in that along those lines, even if it's a little bit less, is not out of the realm of possibility for Antonio Gibson. I would not be shocked one bit to see Adrian Peterson lined up in the backfield along with Gibson as kind of that movable chess piece on the offense. Because when you look at this red, uh, when you look at this Washington football team's skill players, they're not exactly loaded in terms of what, what I mean by that is they're not loaded to the point where you couldn't see them putting Gibson at some of the, you know, lining him up in the slot, lining him up and just motioning him and, and using him as a, as a distractor. I mean, a decoy and, and just a guy to just have as a, as a quick outlet for Dwayne Haskins. Like, Hey, you know, Haskins, if you're, if you drop back and there's nothing available deep, man, and you feel pressure coming, dump it to Gibson. Like Gibson can catch the ball and he can, and he knows what to do with it when he, when he has the ball in his hands in space. So, I, I don't think it's out of the question to to see some of the same packages the Panthers used as a when Christian McCaffrey was a rookie when they had him and Jonathan Stewart on the field at the same time. I think that the coaching staff knows exactly what to do with this type of skill set, and I think that uh, this guy, since you can get him so late, like your last pick, essentially last pick or two, I, I think that he's a must own because. Unlike what I said about Adrian Peterson, where I said AP is not going to be a league winner, I'm not going to call Antonio Gibson a, a guaranteed league winner, but at his price, he absolutely has the potential to, to be a league winner. So in my opinion, he's a must add. You just need to know, okay, I'm also going to grab Gibson late. Now, we don't draft guys for their ceiling. We draft them for their floor, and his floor is without a doubt unstartable. Um, so that's why we're taking him this late. That's like if I thought for sure he'd put up Christian McCaffrey rookie year numbers, a thousand total yards and seven touchdowns, I would just say, hey, take him in the 10th round, 12th round, whatever, you know, so earlier than this. But since we don't have to, and since there's no guarantee that he has that kind of role, I I'm, I'm not going to suggest taking him any earlier, but if you want to take him in the 13th, I'm totally fine with that. But I'm just saying for his price and for his upside, which is which is high-end RB2, I'm going to say, and maybe even, man, he has league-winning upside. I'll just tell you that. So he's being drafted as RB52. He's being drafted in either the 15th round or he's not even getting drafted at all. Um, I love him. I think that I, I'm, I was super, super high on his talent. I think that he is and he will be that guy. And just the most promising thing to me is that I know Dan Snyder gave Ron Rivera the keys to the castle and said, hey, this is a coach centric thing. Do your thing. Draft who you want, you know, kind of run things the way you want. I'm going to try my best to stay out of it. And Ron Rivera drafted Antonio Gibson at the top of the third round where no real experts, quote unquote, thought that he was going to go that high. I did. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I did. I thought 
I thought that the, if he just had a little bit more production, he was a potential first round guy like that, that talented. That's what I said about him. If you look at my Instagram months and months ago when I first studied his tape. So he, he's a must own with your last pick or two. You just need to just need to take him and hold on to him for three, four games and see and just monitor his situation closely. All right. When we move on to the wide receiver department, this this Redskins. Uh, sorry, guys, it's such a habit. This Washington football team is very interesting in some ways, like where they have Adrian Peterson you can get with your last pick, um, Antonio Gibson you can get with your last pick. Those values I like. Then you have Geis, who you're taking in the seventh round, and and I just I cannot wrap my mind around that one. I'm not touching Geis that early. Um, so it's kind of – the dynamic is interesting. But then you have Terry McLaurin. And he's the guy that's going in the six or six or seventh rounds, and I love him. I think that he, that's a solid, solid value at that spot. I think it's it's appropriate, and I also think that he has the potential to really outplay that. Um, I think that he's at worst case scenario, he's a high end flex guy, and I think at best he's a high end wide receiver two, and he maybe even a low end wide receiver one. Like he's that he, he's that interesting to me. So in his first five games, he came out in 2019 as a rookie. He came out of the gates hot. He was targeted almost eight times a game, averaged four and a half catches for 81 yards per game. That's 17.7 yards a catch and five touchdowns in his first five games. So he came out on fire. The next four games, he he saw his targets decrease by three targets per game. His catches decreased by about a catch and a half per game, and his yards per game go down to uh, about 42 yards per game, uh, all the way below 40 per game. Um, 13 yards a catch, and he had only he had just two touchdowns in that time. So this is where it got interesting. So like you, that that's where if you just told me that that alone, I'd be worried about McLaurin. But then. Over the final five games, if you – well, actually, the final four, if you subtract the Panther game where he didn't do much of anything, he just didn't see targets for some reason, and maybe he had Drew Bradbury in coverage. Um, and ironically, that was against a Ron Rivera-led defense. <laughs> that was Ron Rivera's last game with the Panthers, actually. So if you just subtract the Panther game from the equation over the last – over his last four games, he saw eight – over eight targets a game, over five catches a game, 86 yards a game, and two touchdowns. He averaged 16 yards per catch in that time. So he, if you just look at what he did early and what he did late, you can see that he has the upside to be a legit high-end wide receiver too. And if you just look at the overall body of work, almost 1,000 yards as a rookie, the guy is – at worst is a flex option. So in, in rounds um, six or seven, I'm totally fine with that. Remember, we draft them for their floor, but we're also cognizant of their ceiling. Okay. Um, let's see here. We're moving on to another rookie, Antonio Gandy-Golden. He has another, another guy with an undrafted ADP, basically. He's not... You know, a lot of the, it's a lot of this is because it's the Redskins and their offense was really bad last year. So we're not seeing these these guys other than Geis, their values aren't being falsely inflated by, you know, other factors like nobody's really high on them because 
they didn't do much last year. They were a bad, bad offense last year. So Gandy Golden had 150 catches for over 2,400 yards and 20 touchdowns over his last two years at Liberty. Over his last two years. In 2019, he averaged almost 18 yards a catch. He's 6'3", 220, and can he, he can do the Rubik's Cube in 44 seconds. <laughs> and he also has a gymnast background, uh, gymnastics background. This dude obviously has the athletic talent to play in the league. Um, he's obviously pretty intelligent. And with Kelvin Harmon going down, the opportunity share could be there. Now, he's a guy that you, again, you don't have to draft. You're, he's going to be on waivers after your draft, like unless you have a lot of uh, Washington fans in your fantasy league. He's probably going to be on waivers. Um, I, would, I wouldn't even draft him because I don't think he, I just don't think there's any reason for it, but, but I would keep a very close eye on him. Like, let's say if he plays 67 to 70% of the snaps in week one, I would add him if, if you could, if you have the roster space, I would add him because if he sees a workload early, that workload will only expand. And why I say that is because his physical talent is there. I'm not saying he's an elite talent, but his, he is talented and he he's shown production and he has size to, uh, especially he's a nice compliment to Terry McLaurin. I think they drafted him hoping, hoping that he could be the wide receiver two of the future on their team. So if he kind of has that Devin Funchess role, if you remember when Funchess was in Carolina, I think he could be a, a potentially develop into a solid flex option and maybe more, but I don't think you have to draft him. And I, I'm not, his floor is completely unrosterable. So we're not going to draft him at all. And, and that's mainly because we're also cognizant of his ceiling, which is, you know, flex guy. So we're not going to draft that. We're going to keep a close eye on him. And if he is targeted early, I don't even care if he doesn't catch the ball. If he's being targeted and, he, and he's seeing a lot of snaps early, you may want to consider adding him if you need another receiver and if you can in terms of your overall roster space. Okay, Steven Sims is a guy that, once again, not being drafted, um, but he's interesting, so I'm going to talk about him. Uh, he's a guy that he saw 20 targets over his first 12 games of 2019. That's not a lot. He caught 14 of those 20 targets for 80 yards. That's under six yards per catch. That's not good. He did, however, have a 65-yard touchdown run against New England in week five. And over the final four games, this is where I'm interested in him. Over the final four games, he had 20 catches for 230 yards and four touchdowns. And he averaged over... He had ugh, he averaged about nine targets per game, so that's where I'm I'm interested. My interest is peaked, especially for a guy that you're not going to draft. I mean, if you really are even higher on him than I am, that's cool. Draft him with your last pick. You're gonna hear last three picks are gonna be all Redskins, all Washington guys at this point. But um, draft him late, or what I would probably recommend is don't draft him. But pay close attention to his snap share, similar to uh, Gandy Golden here. Pay attention to his 
his usage and see if he's being targeted, see what kind of rapport, how the timing is with Dwayne Haskins, and just have him in, in the back of your mind as a guy that you can pick up if you need. And because he does have the opportunity there and he does have the capability to become a solid flex option. So, again, don't draft him, but monitor what he does very closely early in the season. Very closely. I want to see snap percentages and I want to see if he's being targeted, how many routes he's running, things like that. And then if if that usage is high and you need a wide receiver, he's not a bad guy to add. So looking at the uh, the Washington's tight ends, uh, Jeremy Sprinkle, Logan Thomas. Sprinkle could be like a tight end too. He, he's not very impressive overall, though, in terms of what he's done for production so far in his career. Logan Thomas is a guy that is definitely intriguing because he's really athletic and he's got great size and things like that. He's got upside, but keep an eye on them. See what they do early. Um, wide receiver, Trey Quinn, the little slot guy for them. He, he averaged 7.6 yards a catch last year, which is awful, but it was a really bad offense. So, Again, same thing with him. If you if it's a deep league, keep an eye on him. You don't definitely don't have to draft him. I please don't draft him. Um, but you but keep an eye on him and see because he, he could be that guy to emerge as their as their slot receiver and in effect number two receiver, at least in terms of fantasy football. So, um, well, let me get into their defense real quick. I just looked and I it looked like they were one of the last defenses being drafted right now at least on the site that I looked at their ADP on. Um, I don't recommend drafting defenses unless you think that it's a value and they're just going to be like top. It's a shoe in for a top five defense. If you can get Washington's defense with your last pick, I am totally not against that at all. Like if you, if you're not high on any of the potential you know, running back wide receiver guys or tight ends that are available or quarterbacks that are available with that last pick. And you really, really like the Washington defense with Chase Young and Ron Vera calling the shots over there, that pass rush, those interior defensive linemen, then draft them. I have no problem with that because I do think there's a very good chance that they'll be at worst a top seven defense. So, and I think that when it, when you look at defenses in fantasy football, you want to see how are they going to perform against their division. I think they they have a chance to stack up pretty nicely in terms of just against their division just because of how they match up and the kind of off, – the offenses in their division are good, uh, but outside of Dallas, they're not like juggernauts. You know, they're, they're not. So I could definitely see – Washington's defense finishing as high as top three. And I think that their floor is top seven. So I have no problem if you want to take them with your last pick or two. I mean, their ADP might rise as we get closer to the season. And that would be rightfully so, in my opinion, because I do think they are one of the bigger commodities to, ha to be had at defense. So um, if you guys want to talk about it, Hit me up. My DMs are open as always at Fairshake Football on Instagram, at Fairshake FB on Twitter. I appreciate you listening. All right, later.